at SAFM. Coming up to five minutes past nine on South Africa's news and information leader. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to Media at SAFM. Mandla Shonga standing in for Ashraf Garda until 11 o'clock. And Musa, happy Women's Day, my sister. And a happy Women's Day to Baba Alwa as well as Matapelo. These are the ladies uh, making sure that we are looking good, sounding all right, and we get to talk to uh, opinion makers, uh, thoughts leaders, and other people, creatives and so forth in the world of media and uh, um, other related sectors. And, of course, uh, also part of the team, Debo Debe. We're together until 11 o'clock. Coming up on the show this morning, Women's Day. Hopefully it's going to be lovely. Just drove past Ella Fitzgerald Square. It's busy there. There's a walk going on. Lots of ladies in pink looking also bright and lovely. Coming up on the program, we'll chat to the creative director at Joe Public, uh, Roanna Williams, as well as uh, Jenny Glover, creative director at TWBA Hunt Lascaris, as well as uh, Suhana Godran, uh, creative director at F- FCB Johannesburg, looking at the challenges ladies face, particularly as they want to be creatives, creative directors. There has been a big complain and the worry that, uh, you know, in other parts of business, ladies have a reasonable representation, but when it comes to being creative directors in the ad space, in the ad industry, that is going very, very slow. What are the challenges? What are these ladies, what have these ladies seen, and how do they get there? How do they break through the ceiling? Rana, good morning. Thank you for joining us, madam. Good morning. Good to be on the show. Sherry and Suhana, happy Women's Day to you ladies. Hopefully you got breakfast in bed this morning. Sorry, couldn't hear you. I was saying I'm hoping that uh, you were woken up with uh, a nice cup of tea and some breakfast in bed this morning to celebrate your day. (laughs) Well, thanks to me for mothers. I changed the nappy (laughs) for my Women's Day. Really? I would have have thought you gave lessons for the next person to do it while you watch and say, okay, not bad. Uh, Unfortunately not. That's just the way um, motherhood goes, I'm afraid. Ladies always love to be in control and we like it like that. You know, you've got to lead the way. Ladies, obviously in the creative space, um, when one looks at uh, the ad spend, the things that men tend to buy except for their own toys, these are things that ladies decide on. But when we get into the industry, that is meant to talk to ladies to appreciate a lot of things. There are very few ladies, particularly at the higher echelons. Yeah, that is correct. I and mean, there's about 3% of uh, creative directors worldwide. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, it's very, very low. It's um, quite horrible, actually. Um, frightening stats, yeah. What causes and I this? Think, pardon, what causes that? Um, I mean, there's lots of things uh, that, I mean, women are faced with huge challenges in their lives. I mean, obviously the one is, you know, the childbearing stage of life and you kind of, you know, you get to a part of life where you have to make decisions and decide where you want to go and how you're going to manage absolutely everything. And I think, um, you know, the world is shifting and we all are having to actually, you know, work um, and have these jobs, but it's it's a decision a woman has to make to say, okay, how am I going to balance this, and how am I going to request help again in the kind of household area where men also need to sort of step up a little bit so that 
we both can kind of have an equal role in, mm. in life. Mm. Did you find as well that the industry is making it easy for you to be able to get that kind of balance? Um, sure, that's <laughs> not really. I mean, it depends again. I think um, the industry needs to, there is a lot of listening that needs to take place um, because there are the, these um, challenges facing moms today and women. Um, so I think it's it's kind of becoming a bit more accepting of flexi hours and also realizing that women and people can still do their jobs without, without having to clock in hours and hours of time. You can also work remotely. You know, you can still do the job, basically. I like the idea of flexi time because I, I see that many of the creatives that are within the industry are ladies who have left, started their own thing, did well, and we're kind of coaxed back into the industry. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, um, that's mine. Let's Suhana. Yes, Rana. Um, I, I just, I just want to say that I think we're really good at um, attracting women into the industry, but we're really hard at keeping them. Uh, we're doing really bad at keeping them in the industry. Um, and as a young uh, creative, you d- you have very few women to look up to because they reach a certain point where they have to choose. Um, between their careers and their families, and um, I think that we're not designing the the workspace to allow for for women to be able to do both. Or, and the flexi hours, a, a lot of women do. A lot of freelancers have flexi hours, but those that are permanent tend to not get that, and and they're fearful of of how they come across, of losing their their reputations, or or kind of it, it, it's too difficult to hold on to those flexi hours and achieve greatly and you know achieve everything that you want to achieve so there's a lot of fear in that space and it's not it's not being made it's not easy for women to go okay i'm going to choose to be a freelancer or i'm going to choose to stay in it and still be a great mom um so i think we we need to relook the way we we when women reach that age where they want to have women, uh, children mm. we should relook the way we keep them in the industry Sure, that means then the being creative in 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 terms of keeping them within. Uh, in, in in terms of um, mentorship, do you think this would actually cover the space to say we have the three of you ladies? Maybe potentially we could have fifteen more, but we don't. How do we then increase the numbers so that you ladies can pass on your skills? Um, how do we increase our perception to seeing that I've said nothing? I mean, yes, I think. Yes. <laughs> I think what's too hard said is that um, we don't seem to have any pro- problem attracting young women um, in, into the industry. Um, what we have a problem with is, is retaining women at a, at a kind of a senior level, mm. and they tend to kind of disappear. Um, and, and specifically, a lot of them actually will often start doing freelance, which is great um, if you're a mom. The problem is, is that you're then no longer in the system, and you no longer become a creative director or an executive creative director because freelancers obviously don't generally hold those titles. Um, so we're not, we're not getting women in, in senior management positions. Um, and, 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 you know, honest, I think um, Sohana's right in saying role models are, are absolutely important. And I, I remember when I was young, I honestly, I had female role models, but none of them had children. And I honestly believe that if you had children, uh, you left advertising, that it wasn't the same for um, senior women just didn't have children. Um, and obviously I've changed my tack. I have two children and I, I think I'm a senior woman. Um, but And it absolutely is doable 
um, it's incredibly hard as it is to balance any job, mm. but it, it absolutely is doable. And I think the more of us that are out there doing it, um, the, the more kind of the younger people in the industry, of which there are quite a few, yes. um, will realize actually um, it's doable. And, and more so, I think, you know, also the men in the industry need to see that it's doable and that it works, you know, in, in a business sense. Uh, um, which I think it does. Mm. I, I'm just curious as to, you ladies have seen this and understand this. I like the idea that attracting uh, young ladies is not, a, is not a problem, but retaining them. What do you think should be done by industry to keep the ladies in there? Obviously, keeping in mind that ladies have a challenge to raise families and all of that, or choose not to raise a family, which is a tough call. Any ideas that you can put to the table and say, you know, let's have a conference on this and debate and say, if ladies are going to have uh, children, there has to be a system of continuance so that they can be come back into the system and, instead of being freelance all the time. Yeah, Amanda, just speaking from my experience, um, what happened in my life is I chose to have kids and I actually left um, the mainstream industry for about eight years and kind of ran a little business um, of my own on the side um, while I looked after my girls because I actually had four girls in the end. And after eight years, I went back into the industry uh, mainstream and became obviously a creative director. And I must say, there it is extremely tough. And I think what one does need to do, as, a, as we kind of are mentioning, is that the flexi hour thing, listening to what women need, mm. and then also um, chatting to husbands as well to almost, um, you know, how do we work out the house front and how do we share those responsibilities? Um, because I think women, not only if they're in business, they're leading, you know, teams in business, they're also leading a little team at home. Um, and I think to share share a little bit helps, just takes takes the pressure off a bit. And also trying not to do everything, you know, yourself, because um, that's what we tend to do as women. We tend to want to do it all, and it's actually mm. we can't do it all. We have to share a bit. And work out what actually um, would work out in our families. Yes, Rana. Um, if if I can also make a, a suggestion. Um, sorry, it's Jen. Yes, Jen. Um, I, I think uh, you know another that is is you know it's it's so it's it's not so much an industry thing because I've experienced lot, very different experiences in different agencies. It's actually it's the individual that you that you work for that actually makes a difference. Um, and, you know, you're just going to get misogynist individuals and you're going to get great individuals. And I think actually the majority of men coming up in the industry anyway are actually great. They're modern. They have possibly have families themselves or want to have families themselves. They're just forward-thinking, decent people. Um, and I think those are the guys that actually... Um, make a difference and those are the guys that we need to talk to and say you know this is what we need and 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 to be perfectly honest um if i think if you're good enough you should demand it um you know uh, for me i feel like the value i bring in the time that i'm there Mm. um is is of a quality that i you know i deserve a bit of flexi time and that's what i negotiate um and and i'm not apologetic about it um you know, at least not openly. I might have a I might have a couple of moments where I leave and and feel terrible about it. But you know, for the whole, I think that you you have to believe that you you're worth it. 
Great. Sounds like an advertising line. Great. I think, um, um, you know, what, sorry, what, what Reina was saying about also not being a master, I think that a lot of women are so guilty of that. We feel we, we have to take on everything and we're not succeeding if we're not doing everything and doing it well enough. So just letting that, taking that role off our heads of being martyrs is one big way. And also, I like what Jenny's saying about, you know, being being able to put a time on it and going, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. Mm. I remember um, working for an ECD who at, at 7 p.m. He, or 6.30 p.m., he would get out of the office and he'd go, it's time for me to leave. I have to go and bath my kid. And, I, and he would not compromise on that. He would always leave at that time and then maybe come back later. But I think, you know, it's, it's exactly what Jenny's saying. If we put those boundaries in place and we say, this is what I'm going to be doing and I'm not going to compromise on it, and then everyone has to work around you. Mm. I think we're too afraid of kowtowing to what everybody else wants. Uh, and it takes the support of your of, of management and, and the people around you and also having those conversations with our clients because our clients also expect us to turn around stuff at ridiculous hours um, and, and kind of they don't ever respect the that we have personal lives. So I think it's a it's a bit of everything. It's a bit of women accepting that we're not lost and, and victims either and, and to making the work environment work for ourselves with the support of those around us. Uh, speaking of clients, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, you know, your clients would say from time to time, I want to know who's working on my account. And if they see that it's a boys' club, they would ask for a woman's point of view to get a sense of balance. Do you get that? Do occasionally um, do. Um, it depends on the brand, actually, um, because a lot of obviously a lot of brands are more woman focused, and others aren't. So, so it all again depends on what brand you're working on. I think. Mm-hmm. But also on all the brands, I, I always believe that you know a, a woman's point of view will just give things perspective to a point because sometimes you look at the execution and you wonder if it was just boys only there. Yeah, I think I think women do bring a lot of emotion to certain ideas. Um, they do have kind of that deep emotional insight. Um, although there are men in the industry too that also have that, and often you'll see that um, um, even men can work on on ideas that are for women's brands and vice versa. It just again all depends on the team because you have creative teams um, yes. and what 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 they they like kind of their life experiences have been and what they can bring to the party because they're all different. Um, some people are more humorous by nature, some people are more emotional. So it all depends, yeah. Is, is there a fear, you think, from the ma- from your male counterparts to allow for more CDs? No, I don't, I don't think... Um, I really don't think that's the case at all. I mean, I, I have to be honest with on the whole, I've never, I've never really experienced uh, you know, I mean, they call it a boys' club, but it's only a boys' club out of necessity because they are very few women. So um, it's not a boys' club in the sense that they are, um, you know, uh, exclude women or mm. um, are unwelcoming. I've I've never been anything welcomed, um, and yeah, uh, and I can honestly say that I, I think that they would welcome. You know, and it's not just about more women, I think that they welcome good people. Yes. And if those good people mm. are, are women, and that should always be the platform um, for 
you know, I think for anything, any kind of, kind of transformation and any kind of change is about getting more good people in. And, and what makes me sad, I think, is that when I see good women get to this level and leave. Um, and, and that's not good. Yeah. Um, you know, because you want to hold on to the best people. Good people are women. Um, that's, that's not great. Um, but, but like I said, I've, I've never, I've never experienced, um, you know, any kind of exclusion from, from the boys club. I've always just, you know, elbowed my way in and they've always been very friendly. So, um, I think, um, yeah, you know, if, if there are more women around to take those positions, I think they'd be, they'd be happy to, to have us there. And yeah. I also think, I have to be honest, that I think any business that is a good mix of people is a healthy business. Um, especially when, you know, that our job is to talk to human beings and to connect with human beings. I think a good mix of people, a good mix of male, female, um, different race groups, that is a healthy business. Any business um, should have that mix. And I think that's what we need to be working towards. I, I, I wonder, you know, in, in many companies when people leave, they do your exit interview. I wonder in this case, uh, Jenny, uh, Jerry, uh, Suhana and Rena, if you see a good, yeah, a good lady who really has to be at creative director level and at some point they leave, um, do you get to talk to them to see if they can come back into the business? What are the challenges that make them leave, bar the obvious, starting a family and all of that? Uh, did you find that there are other challenges of maybe not pushing hard enough or not being recognized in time and frustration setting in? Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's definitely, um, when a woman does uh, tend to exit because of family, you know, family issues or having kids and stuff, there's kind of quite a deep um, kind of emotional thing going on inside inside that woman. Um, and you almost do need to chat to them and um, talk to them about the probability of them coming back and that there are opportunities for them to come back. I had that experience with a creative director I worked for many years ago when I sort of decided to leave mainstream industry and he said to me, you are, you, you know, I'm a phone call away, you know, I'll take you for freelance whenever you're ready to come back, come back. And I think that's really, really important just to let those women know that they're amazing and they're good and there are lots of opportunities and we can work around, we can work with them and, you know, obviously make it work for them. I think that's really important. I, I, I must confess, as you, as you ladies pointed out, you know, a lot of emotion and all of that. I've worked under a few ladies in very senior positions. It was quite interesting to mark differences as to how men and women operate and who gets to achieve more on which levels of an individual, um, whether emotionally, in, emotional intelligence, you know, paying attention to time, detail, delivering on time and things like that. I found it quite interesting. I mean, I think that you're right. I think women and men are fundamentally different in how we operate. And um, for a long time, I felt that women are, are great leaders because we we actually able to operate on many levels. We can on on the on the kind of blatant upfront stuff that's happening, and then underneath we've got all the subtext, and that's a good thing if we use it well enough because yeah. we are emotionally intelligent. But I think that what what becomes difficult is because we haven't had that many women in leadership roles um, that we can look up to, we tend there, there are women that tend to lead uh, as women in men's shoes instead of just trying to be, 
what they are and, and trying to be uh, hard without trampling on others to get to the top or being nurturing without being soft. There, there are too many things we have, too many internal monologues that go on uh, in terms of how we should lead. Um, but I think there's, there's a lot that we have and that comes naturally to us that we should use mm-hmm. as, as leaders mm-hmm. and not be afraid to use. In, in um, we also, yeah, yeah, sorry. Please continue. For me, the, a, for me, a really big thing holding women back is, is, is self-confidence. I feel that it's something that um, not all women, but a lot of women uh, battle with. Um, we tend to like often try and um, like perfect things. We want to do things really, really well before we even do them. So we kind of not jumping in there. And what happens with men is they, they don't really think so much about it. They just go for it. Whereas women think too much about it and don't go for it, so they're often losing the opportunities. So I think we need to, like, I don't know, step forward. It's kind of a bit of a cliche, probably also a bit of an ad line. But we do, <laughs> we need to sort of step forward and jump in there. And because we can, we can do it. We just need to show ourselves that we can start getting in there and doing it. Yeah. So, so you ladies, you overanalyze. So <laughs> You overanalyze and you become perfectionist before you go in and that becomes some kind of an impediment for you. I mean, yeah, no, I, mean, no, I think no, we no, overanalyze no. because we've been we've because we've faced so much and we've come through so much of a journey that, that you do tend to overthink everything. Like if, if I wear this, am I am I looking like a little slut or am I wearing it because I'm wearing it for me you tend to ask yourself a thousand questions and that's I think that's just because of, of what we've been conscious of for a long long time so it's mm. really hard to fight those those internal monologues but but I agree about the confidence issue I mean there's a thing called imposter syndrome that a lot of women face where, where men don't face that if you get promoted and you think one day someone's going to figure out I'm a real fake and I'm not good at this but men men don't seem to question that too much they just accepted and they almost they're not afraid to ask for what they want as well even down to the negotiating table and 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 when it comes to money men are quite forthright whereas women um you know they they feel guilty about asking for what they worth or asking for more if if i may ask in, in your respective companies now how do you see things are are you happy is there more that can be done and generally in industry uh, are these challenges that you've highlighted over easy to overcome? Are the programs within your companies that are saying, we're going to work on ladies' confidence, we're going to give them more room, we're going to show that we really want to hear what they're thinking, what they, how they see things? So, Hannah, let's start with you. Um, um, yeah, I, I think I'm a lot happier than, than we are when, when I first started in the industry. I mean, uh, unlike Jenny, I did face a lot of... Um, some really awkward situations and some really awful discrimination being told not to work on vehicle branding and rather work on tampon commercials. Oh, no. um, so I did, I did face a lot of that in the beginning. Um, but, but where we are now is a lot better. And I actually really think that, that men are eager to be part of our fight. Um, and I think we should include them. I think we have a long way to go in terms of, um, like we said, keeping senior women in the industry, but also in terms of how we talk to our consumers, uh, we really need to change that because for a long time we've been we've been perpetuating stereotypes as an industry. Mm. Um, so that's one of the places I think we can start to change. Um, and then also not being afraid to step up, like Karina said, and, and kind of um, not being afraid to ask for what we're worth 
without having to feel like victims or, you know, I really don't think we are victims. I think we're in a different place. I don't believe there is a glass ceiling anymore. I just think we need to retain women and we need to we need to push ourselves forward and speak up, speak out of turn. Romina, um, your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, I had a personal experience um, where I was told, I was sitting in an interview one time and I being offered a job and um, the person across the table said to me, well, I'm going to offer you this much because um, I know your husband earns a nice income and you don't really need the money. Um, for me, that was just like I'd been shot down. And I was like someone had put a bullet in my heart. I was like, like, am I actually hearing what I'm hearing? I couldn't believe it. And that on my side, as I walked away from that conversation, I thought about it for 24 hours. Um, and I, then I went back and I had to really confront this issue because it was completely mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was a really important experience because it was my me stepping up and actually standing up for myself as, a, as an individual and obviously as a woman to say that is completely unfair. Mm-hmm. You know, I am who I am. I offer what I offer. I'm good at what I do. And I deserve to be paid for what I do, not for what, um, you know, because I'm, I've got a husband who who has a business and he's, he's okay. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's those little things. You really need to, as a woman, just um, really stand up for yourself and believe in yourself because there's so many um, little things that are going to infect you and you've got to just say, well, well, this isn't, doesn't work for me. It's important. Yeah. Jenny? Um, well, I would say, um, you know, I mean, look, I've, I've been in bad kind of situations before, obviously, Um uh, but but I think that you know as I said before I think it comes down to the individual um, that you work for um, and you know how kind of forward thinking and progressive and and genuinely just how kind that person is um, and you know I think my current um, situation is an example of someone who who actually understands the value that I bring and is prepared to be flexible mm. um, because. Because he understands that it's you know it's good for him um, and for his business to be flexible for me, um, and I think the more individuals um, who think like that, the better. Um, and I mean, in terms of the, of the you know standing up for yourself as a woman, I think you know I think for for everyone um, that comes with confidence, um, oh. and I think you know that also comes from from knowing your job, and and I would also say that aside to that of 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 putting your head down, really working hard, um, yeah. not not taking not making moves like too many career moves. Mm-hmm. So staying in a good place, working really hard, building a portfolio that that makes you an incredibly valuable person, and that gives you um, confidence and and negotiating power. Um, and I mean that's something that I've tried to do. And um, throughout my career, I've tried to build negotiating power for myself so that I'm confident when I walk into a job interview or into a situation that I understand my value um, and that my value is tangible, wow. um, that I have points on the table that can say I've done X, Y, Z, and it, it does give you negotiating power. Now, it sounds like a really hardcore thing, but that is, that is, what, a, that is what a dude would do. Um, and I think sometimes we need to understand our value and, mm, and mm. Um, yeah, um, and, and certainly that's, that's worked for me. But I wasn't always like that. And, you know, I started off very shy, very quiet, and I slowly built up my confidence 
Um, Fantastic. And I think, yeah, so you know what that, I, that helps anyone out there. You know what I think? <laughs> I think many of us listening to you ladies would want to spend a day in your lives at the office. <laughs> I think many of us would want to see that because... I, I I really would I, I've worked with creative directors But they were all male I've yet to experience working under Or watching a creative di- A lady creative director do her thing I think many of us would love to be in that space And just watch you do your thing um, it, it, It's guaranteed to change a lot of things And also bring up Bring forth new ideas As to how to go forward from here yeah, you know, I think it's a wonderful career anyone out there as a woman and wants to be a creative director, I think it's an awesome opportunity and it's a lot of fun along the way. It's a growth experience. It's just wonderful. So it is a lovely career, I must say. Ladies, let me thank you ever so much for waking up so early uh, on Women's Day. Thank you ever so much. Strength to to you and the strength to the youngsters that you develop, hopefully, um, during your your um, brainstorming sessions, you will eventually find ways of retaining other ladies to stay long enough in the career. The, the, you know, the, the, the confidence and all of that will be dealt with, and we can have a healthy balance in the industry. Thank you ever so much. A fabulous day to you, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you very much. For Thank us. you very much. Thank you for joining us. Rana Williams, Creative Director at Joe Public. Jenny Glover, Creative Director at TWBA Hunter Scaris, as well as Suhana Gordon, a Creative Director at FCB Joburg. These are the ladies up there, Creative Directors. So, there you go. There might be more ideas that you want to share with us. Please do. 34701 is the SMS, SMS line. You can email media at sfm.co.za. How do you see it? It's 26 minutes to 10. Media at SAFM. 24 minutes to 10 in the, in the creative industry. This time they say happy days are here again. The Luris are with us pretty soon, and the CEO of the Luris joins us on the line. Mr. Andrew Human, good morning. Hi, Manda. How are you, sir? Very good, thanks. Lovely. Th- thank you. Thank you for joining us. Happy days are here again. Absolutely. The Lurie's the 2015 uh, installment starting tomorrow? Yes, it's going tomorrow in Durban. And I must say, I've been down here for a few days. And it's quite incredible. Uh, Durban really doesn't know what winter is, I have to say. It's 25 degrees and the sun is shining at the moment. Life is good. What are we looking at this year? More entries, less entries, innovative entries? What does it look like? It's actually been a very good year with entries. Uh, we've got an uh, increase of around 20% in entry numbers, which is great. And uh, especially what's exciting is that, uh, you know, Africa represents not, I'm sorry, the Luris represents not only South Africa now, but the whole of Africa and the Middle East. Mm. And we've had a growth, a growth in entries from outside South Africa has been uh, almost a hundred percent. So we've almost doubled uh, the uh, participation from the rest of the continent. So basically, the Ruiz have become the benchmark in the African continent in terms of what good creativity is. Yeah, absolutely, it really is. You know, if you're looking now and everybody's eyes are focusing on Africa and saying this is where all the exciting things are happening. So what's really good with the Lurie's is it gives now a benchmark 
across the whole region. So we are showing what's been done in East Africa, what's been done in West Africa, what's been done in Southern Africa, which are the top brands that are doing it, and uh, who are the agencies working in the region. Have you seen growth in in the categories that you look at? Because there's quite a few categories. Uh, have there been ones that have seen a bit of a growth? Yes. So from a category point of view, uh, we again, as we had growth, such high growth, we virtually had growth across the board in the category. But specifically, we have a category called the Ubuntu category for sustainable marketing, hmm. where you're looking at not simply advertising but saying how do you add value as a brand so how are you doing good while doing good business and so how does your brand add value to us as citizens and interestingly that category grew by 180% this year it's the largest growth across uh, all the categories in a, as a percentage so it, it shows that this is becoming more important that consumers are saying, as a brand, how do you add value? And I think also with the power of social media now, there's a much bigger voice than there used to be in the past in terms of consumer feedback and consumer criticism. Mm-hmm. This should be exciting for the creators because it's something probably they've been thinking about, they've been doing, they can just uh, polish up a little bit. Well, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a challenge as well because it goes beyond simply putting up a great ad. Mm. So you're not, so you're saying as a, so it even involves the brand. So it says, how do you as a brand, how do you in terms of your business, how do your products add value? So you've got to actually um, walk the talk and not simply say, yes, we did an awesome ad campaign. Mm-hmm. But how does that ad campaign feed into real change in uh, for us as a brand? Wow, that sounds very responsible. Responsible advertising, I should say. Yeah, that's exactly it. And also, other other any new besides the Ubuntu category? Any other new um, categories that you've added in this year? Uh, we've also added another interesting category that's called service design. So this also looks at things differently. So service design is the last mile, the point where a brand actually engages with the consumer. So you're talking about in-store service, over-the-counter service, um, customer relationships, loyalty program, and this is often the, 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 the place where things go wrong. So again, you could have a great ad campaign and somebody walks into your store and has a bad experience with the person right at the till. Mm. And that's where you build a brand. You know, if you walk into a restaurant and you get awesome service, someone gives you a smile, someone gives you a comment and you say, you know, I really liked the experience of going there, I'm going to go back again. So that is part of your brand experience. That is part of advertising. You can't simply say we ran a TV campaign and expect that to to make up for deficiencies in your actual servicing of your customers. Mm. So we're now looking at service design again as part of this brand experience. And this is the first time we've brought this into the Lurie. And I think it's going to be very interesting and exciting to see the uh, entries and the winners coming out of this category. So we is servicing their customers' best. 
This makes uh, briefing sessions more interesting now because it's not all about the agency getting a brief and executing, but it's also about the agency telling the client uh, how they can also help their own products to do well. Yes, and I think and what you also what you it also shows that you know this idea of a relationship, an agency client relationship, is also what people have to improve upon. It's not simply saying let the agency going to do everything, but it's more about having a partnership. So saying as a brand and as an agency, how do you work together to do things? And I think the best, most creative work gets done when you have a great brand working with great partners mm. to achieve these things. You can't simply say, oh, I gave that to the agency and the agency can't, you, you know, so it's not a, there shouldn't be a hard line between the two, but it should be an integrated relationship. And the students, I, I know you have a big focus on getting students to participate as well. Yes, so we have a, a big student Category and we have a very good student program happening during Creative Week, which we'll talk. I'll talk more about Creative Week now. But uh, in the in that area, we have a student portfolio day. So we have the top students from all over the country who get an opportunity to present their work to the whole industry during Creative Week. Uh, and I think uh, that's really uh, one of the awesome parts of the week. Creative Week. What are we looking at? Lots of fun there. Yeah, I think this year what we've uh, really managed to put together is like a, uh, putting together an awesome cupboard of creative treats for everyone to come and uh, and get inspired and enjoy. So it's a very busy week. You know, we start the judging tomorrow, and we announce finalists every day of judging until Thursday. Uh, and then on Friday, we have a, a fantastic TV seminar, which has seven international speakers, but really fantastic thought leaders from across the world. So it's, it's a once-off opportunity to get to listen to speakers of that level, uh, give you their insights. And uh, then... Um, on, uh, and then we have another, a, a lot of little functions happening throughout. We have a Google pop-up restaurant. There's a, uh, uh, a judges wrap with independent media on Thursday. On Saturday morning, there's a Unilever brunch, and then it all leads to the award ceremony. So Saturday evening and Sunday evening are the actual award ceremonies, and the whole thing rounds off with the final Channel O after-party on Sunday night. Wow. At the venue, where is this all happening? Goodness, I wish I was going. So it's all in Durban. Did we, I don't even know if we met. I did mention Durban at the beginning. So it's the first time the moon's on Durban, and it's all along the Durban beachfront. So what, uh, so we, you know, it's a number of venues throughout the week. The main venue for the seminar on the wards is at the Durban uh, International Convention Centre. And then other activities are happening uh, along the Durban promenade throughout the week. Wow, wow. And people can book and go through, ticket, that type of thing? Yes, so uh, the, the way to follow the Larry's the official hashtag is hashtag Larry's 2015. And uh, you can also go to the Larry's website, Larry's.com.
www.lawyers.com and you can book directly on lawyers.com. The awards, I think, are sold out at this stage. And, uh, yeah, but I think there may still be some new tickets available for the seminar. And another important thing for general public, we've also got, we, for the first time this year on the Sunday, we're doing a very nice craft market on the beach, uh, for the iHeart Murray's Market, which is going to be Durban vendors, so it's going to be, uh, food and the local arts and crafts, everything from the local area, and anybody can come to that craft market on the Sunday. Uh, Joe Public have also even organized a bike race. I think you spoke to Rana Williams earlier. She's actually organizing a bike race along the promenade on Sunday morning. Uh, and there's also a whole Creative Week Fringe Festival where anyone doing anything creative in Durban can add their event to Creative Week. And that uh, website is called creativeweekdurban.com and you can go there and add your event listings to that site for Creative Week. Fantastic stuff. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a, a blastful week uh, starting tomorrow. Andrew, thank you so much. Good luck. And uh, let's hope, that, because I've just been looking at all the agencies uh, picking out their potential winners. It looks like uh, it's going to be such healthy, tough competition. Yeah, it uh, should be an exciting weekend. I look forward to to uh, see who walks up on stage at the end of the week. Fantastic stuff. I'm sure Ashraf will be there as well. Thank you for joining Thanks us and it. all the best for Creative Week. So it's creativeweekdurban.com and luris.com for more information. Thanks very much, Manda. Many thanks, Andrew, the CEO of uh, the Luris. It kicks off tomorrow, Devon Creative Week for the very first time in Devon. The Promenade, Devon Beachfront, and of course, um, the ICC. That's where it's going to happen. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. So if you have a child um, that uh, fences the creative industry, maybe get tickets. Take them there. Let them see. Uh, what they uh, stand to enjoy and be able to contribute to because uh, the creative economy is very big everywhere in the world. It's 12 minutes to uh, 10 on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you for staying with us. Uh, let's uh, chat to the creative project manager at uh, X24. They've got a fantastic new magazine that they've put out. Um, Marisa van der Lith. Good morning, madam. Happy Good birthday. Morning. Oh, thank you so much, Manva. Good morning to you and your listeners. You at uh, at 24 have come up with something interesting for the trade industry. It is very interesting. Uh, it is in the form of a trade communication called The Beat. Uh, it is actually not a magazine. It is a newspaper that uh, we are communicating and stimulating communication in the industry uh, about the thing that we love most, uh, printed word. Mm, what, what is going to be contained? So the beat um, is at 24, who is Media 24's national sales division um, um, arm. It is our communication vehicle to the advertising industry, to advertisers and marketers that showcase our innovation around our audience bundles and how we in in newspapers pr- um, engage with our audiences. Mm. We decided 
to do this in a form of newspapers because, of course, we love it. And seeing as the industry, um, this year the industry has been so focused around um, audience engagement, we thought how perfect to illustrate that than having the industry talk to itself in the, in the form of, of a newspaper, and that's in more than 140 characters. Wow. And, and, and this is going to be distributed uh, how often? We bring it out every second month. Uh, it, it will go to mainly advertising agencies and marketers direct. And it is a, mainly around newspapers talking to particular audiences. Our first edition was heavily focused around the mass market, showcasing insights around this market and how brands can best communicate to these markets through the power of our newspapers, Daily Sun, uh, Sun and Ilanga. Mm. Our second edition hit the streets on Friday, and that is around Sunday audiences and um, the u- unique uh, communication that you have in a Sunday audience because a Sunday is all about time and time to reflect on the week's news. Mm, mm. Also, in the one would think uh, you have uh, a number of solutions for industry to, to be able to uh, get more buy-in from the public. Definitely. Uh, what is very exciting, particularly about our Sunday audience and how we showcase this audience, is around the interactiveness of ads. Um, too often do we hear that a newspaper is a static medium, but it's the way in which you use that medium. In the beat, in the Sunday community edition, we showcase how you can interact in a creative and innovative way with newspaper by creating film. The film is in blue and red, and you have to hold it over the page in order to get the correct message. It was thrilling to see the advertisers interact and play with our paper on Friday, showcasing again just how captivating a message in print can be. And uh, who's going to be editing this newspaper? I invite uh, Media 24's uh, editors, so depending on, on the community that we are talking about, I invite those editors to give insights to the advertising industry about their readers. There's nobody that knows the readers better than the editors. In our Sunday edition, we have Waldemar Pelser as well as Ferial Hafeji talking about the future of news and why newspapers still pack such an enormous punch when it comes to communicating to the heart of an audience. Will this also help industry to be able to segment accordingly and get get, uh, best value for money? I, I think definitely. Through insights around the lifestyles of these particular communities, it really does add value to brands. Um, as we know, newspapers engage with an audience very differently than any other medium. Mm. And uh, we, we hope that we illustrate that by practicing what we preach, really, um, by saying that and showcasing whether it be through a reader competition or a crossword puzzle or a very creative, innovative ad, just how engaging this medium can be and how this illustrates to brands how to, uh, through word and through creativity, take their brand message to our readers. It creates a vehicle for brands right into the heart of 
a particular community that acts in, in a very unique way. And our editors work very hard to create content that speaks to a particular audience in the way that they like to be spoken to. Yeah, uh, creating that content sounds like it's going to be a mammoth task, but uh, you, you've got uh, uh, people of high pedigree there. They will get it right. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We have brilliant editors um, who have a lot of insights into their communities. They create content for our readers on a daily or weekly basis. So, um, very powerful tool to have their opinions in your hand. So, how do industry sign up? Do they get in touch with you? The, uh, the, the beat goes out, the Apple for distributes the beat when it comes out on that day. They go to advertisers directly and distribute it, whether it be through activation, uh, giving them a little treat and handing it to their, uh, to them directly. But they can get in touch with me if you've missed the beat. Uh, they can phone me on 011-259-1724 and get in touch with us also via our Facebook page on Apple for South Africa. Fantastic stuff. I like the idea. I like the idea. It it might save uh, quite a lot of people a lot of money and uh, give them uh, first-hand information in terms of how to move and uh, get ready for money. Oh, definitely. And uh, we're, we're happy to hear you're all so excited as us about it. I, I like the idea. I like the idea indeed. Madam, thank you ever so much. Good luck. Let's uh, chat again sometime soon and see how it's going. And I like the idea that, you know, various editors you know, bring forth their insights as well, which is fantastic. We're very excited about it, and we do hope to chat to you soon about how the campaign is going. Fantastic. Maris, many thanks and good luck. Thank you to you, and happy Women's Day to your female listeners. Okay, thank you. That's Maris van der Lis, Creative Project Manager at S24. They've launched their own trade communication, The Beat, which is a form of a newspaper and will keep advertisers and media agency professionals in touch with the pulse of S24 readers. So read all about it, as they say. Four minutes to ten on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader, 891 Your SMS is at 34701 at a cost of two range. You can email us, media at sfm.co.za. And, of course, let's uh, welcome uh, the Digital Development and Operations Coordinator at Continental Outdoor Media, Adrian Levine. Senor, good morning. Hi, Manla, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Happy Sunday. Oh. Thanks, you too, and happy Day to all the ladies out there. Oh, yeah, they're looking also fine here. They changed their hair. I don't yeah. know what's going on. <laughs> now, talking about, uh, you know, Outdoor Socialite Network, what are we talking about? Yeah, basically, uh, Continental Outdoor Media, we've uh, busy in you know, innovating with digital advertising, and one of the ways we've done it is to set up a network of advertising screens and pubs and restaurants and sports bars and things like that. Mm. So in terms of that, what we actually do is we install an advertising screen or a couple, depending on the size of the venue. We probably put two or three different advertising screens. We place them portrait size, so it actually doesn't get confused with actual, you know, the, the normal TV screens that people are watching sporting venues. And then we basically sell advertising onto those screens. But what, what makes it quite different is that we actually have um, a three-phase opportunity in terms of we actually offer a venue where we put the screens in, space to utilize the screens for promoting their specials. You know, pubs have quiz nights and music events and different uh, menu opportunities. 
I mean, basically, from outside, the way we generate our revenue is to sell advertising content onto our feeds. And, uh, and then we also, what we do, just to keep it a bit interesting and not just a, a flow of, of just advertising, is that we, we put on interesting facts and fiction and we try and be relevant to, to the times that we're involved in. So, like World Cup, we have interesting facts on the World Cup rugby coming along now, or the World Cup cricket, just mm. facts like that. And, uh, yeah, just and find some general knowledge facts and trivia questions. So we just try and keep it interesting from that point of view. Because sometimes you find people go to a bar, they're not necessarily interested in sport, but they want to see something else. This is where you come in. That's it. Yeah, basically, there's a lot of dwell time, which is also great in the pubs, where people will come in, they have a look around, they're waiting for their friends to meet them for a drink or a, a meal. So, And it's, it's just something. So it's not something that people are going to look at as to watch as opposed to, compare, to compete with TV. But it's just something interesting to have a look at and, you know, people look up and, and there's nice dwell time. So there's a lot of good response for the advertisers. So it works pretty nicely that way. So the, the approach to creating content for this setup will be slightly different to the traditional way of doing things. Yeah, basically there's, you know, from, from the content point of view, there's a big trend as well to do, to have sponsored, ad, uh, sponsored content. Mm. So we also approach, you know, when we approach our advertisers, we offer them an opportunity to promote their brand as a brand on its own, but also to promote, um, content and sponsor the content. So, for example, we had a campaign with Varsity Cup, the, you know, the sporting, uh, the rugby, and they promoted the actual Varsity Cup competition, but as well as that, we gave them a spot whereby they actually could play um, recent prize and prize winners and things like that from the competition as well, and mm-hmm. then they sponsored that. So it's a nice way of deviating from the, the normal content, yeah. And uh, what is the outlook of this? Is, is this, uh, I mean, obviously your feasibility studies have been done. This is, is sure to, to, to succeed. Yeah, it's also, what, what's also really good about it is that, you know, it's, it's a matter of you can upload a campaign. We're in 112 venues around the country. We can upload a we can upload a campaign within two hours to, to 112 venues around the country. So it's, you know, it's fast, it's speedy, it's, it's, you know, it's better than the old print medium, especially in pubs where a lot of pubs rely on having posters, promoting bands and things like that. Now mm-hmm. you've got digital, so as I say, within two hours your, your campaign's loaded around the country. So it's, yeah, really exciting, I must say. So part entertaining, part informative. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's the way, that's the way digital going forward. I think you're on the money here, Ajin. Uh, well, let's hope. <laughs> so next time I go to my pub, I might just find your messages up there and uh, get in touch with you. Yes, please do. If you, if you see a pub, you know, if you're in any pubs around the country, we, we've got a nice mix of, of pubs. You know, we, we're in student pubs, we're in student clubs. We're in the more family pubs, we're in the venues, you know, where the, the family goes out on a Sunday for lunch, but we're also in the pubs where the guys go and play some pool. We're also in some, some bigger sports clubs, you know, who, who invite their, their members to come in on, a, on any day off, you know, after work to come for a drink in the weekends and their sport events. So we've really got a nice mix of different venues, and it also gives the advertisers nice opportunities. What's also quite nice about it is that people can, you know, you can cherry pick the venues that you want to be in. So you don't have to go across the, the whole network of 112 venues. You can say, well, I'd like to be in the Gauteng area. I'd like to target the student market 18 to 25. And we'll come up with Adrian, Adrian, let me hold you there. Don't go away. Let me hold you there. It's a minute past one, 10. There's nothing we love sharing more than knowledge. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. 891 your SMS is at 34701 at a cost of 2 rand. Email media 
of course media on Twitter and on Facebook. Adrian Levine, the Digital Development and Operations Coordinator at Continental Outdoor Media, chatting to us about a different approach to advertising. Adrian, I'm thinking now, in, in terms of the content that you create, it's, it's mainly going to be lifestyle-based because you are going to happy places where people relax, catch up on news and other things and well as well and just have a good friendship time. Yeah, essentially, you know, obviously being in a pub we we do focus more on the alcohol brands because you're in there and uh, from that point of view it's, it's obviously more focused. But it it doesn't stop, you know, we've had campaigns from leisure leisure sporting companies like Adidas and Puma. We've had motor vehicle brands uh, advertising as well. So it is more the leisure campaigns, you know, watches and things like that. But uh, that generally is a brand, as you say, people are in a relaxed environment and they, you know, that's that's the brands that we try and uh, focus on to, to advertise on that screen. And, and, and on average, uh, the information you put up, probably it couldn't be more than a minute. Yeah, basically what we do is we create a loop of 15 minutes um, and then we, we create 30 second ads that will obviously filter through into that 15 minute uh, loop. So basically it'll be a 30, 30 second ad and then a 30 second content driven information slide. Um, the slide, well it's not even a slide, it's a, it's a clip. So basically we can animate, everything can be animated. We have a design house in-house at Continental, so they design some awesome creatives as well. Mm. So it's really, a, it's exciting and vibrant and it's, it's not just really your, your boring clip, it's actually animated and exciting. So yeah, from that point of view it really does work well. Would it work well with campaigns? If if a brand is on a campaign of sorts, would it work well given the environment uh, where it's going to be? Yeah, definitely. You know, it also incorporates, so you, you'll have your print campaign, for example, a couple of months ago. Uh, Amstel Light launched their, their new bottle and a new brand and all that. So they did a whole lot of, bit of print media, but obviously incorporated the same thing into the pub network as well and you know, an anima- an animated ad as well, so digitally focused on that. So that you know, can really incorporate a whole big campaign and, and with the digital side and the pubs working nicely with us complementing that, that campaign. Wow, yeah, you leave nothing to chance. I think this is a fantastic idea because, uh, you know, sport, yes, as you were saying, uh, people are in there for other things as well and they could catch up on what they're missing because, you know, lifestyles are busy. The only time we get to unwind is when we go to the pub for a chat to meet someone, have a bite, and have a light drink and go home. No, exactly. And, you know, and with the, the content that we do, just the informative content, we try and make it quite fun. So we put up humorous quotes and things like that. It's also, it attracts people to the screen. So we've often had instances where you'll have a guy, you know, we put two uh, just interesting facts, and you'll have two, two guys sitting at a table say, Gee, did you know, look at that, it's unbelievable, at the Rugby World Cup. The interesting facts that we've got at the moment is, that uh, for the Rugby World Cup, the whistle that they used in the first uh, World Cup game was actually, they still use it in, the start of every World Cup game starts with that famous whistle, it's a hundred years old whistle. Mm. So, you know, it just, it creates interaction between people, they have a look at the screen and they chat away and then, you know, just from there we know that people are going to be looking at the screen, not watching it all the time, but having a look at it and, and, and obviously the brands are being promoted there. Yeah, I also know psychologically if I go to a restaurant or a bar, always look around for a TV screen somewhere. If it's not there, we're like, hey, what happened to the TV? No, exactly. Yeah, a lot of venues also are not particularly sports bars, but you'd hardly ever find a venue nowadays that doesn't have a TV. So 
you know, mom and dad and the kids are going out for a supper, but dad wants to just have a quick squeeze at the screen and see, you know, there's some sports on, what's the latest uh, sports score, is there a news flash or financial news? So, you know, they don't focus on bringing people to a pub to watch TV as such, but you hardly ever find a venue nowadays that doesn't have a TV somewhere in the venue just for people to yeah. focus their eyes on if they need to. Yesterday was not a good day to watch the TV with the rugby <laughs> on. Yeah, well, hopefully people were looking at our advertising screens as opposed to the rugby. So yes, maybe it was good for us. What was painful. It was painful, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you guys came in handy. But good job, and how can people get hold of you, uh, Andrew? Just, I mean, Adrian, just to get more? Um, yeah, if you'd like to get hold of me on my cell phone, my number is 082. Yeah. 551. Mm-hmm. 2953. All right. Or they could actually get hold of our national sales manager, Darren McKinnon, who'd actually totally made a great uh, package for the for potential advertiser. Uh, his number is 082. Yes. Right. Fantastic. Adrian, many thanks. Uh, let's see how business goes. This is fabulous stuff. Great stuff. Thanks, man. Thanks Th- for the opportunity. Many thanks. A fantastic day to you. That's the Thank Digital you. Development Operations Coordinator at Continental Outdoor Media. They're hitting the bars, the social places, where you go out uh, with friends to have a drink, to have a chat, to discuss uh, the last meeting, whatever it is, you will be given, uh, you know, the kind of uh, messages that can help you decide on how you want to do what you need to do.